Have you ever had a day when you just could not? Have you ever wondered why you work so hard and try so hard and nothing ever changes no matter what you do? I'm Connie Jones and I've been there too. And on the Warrior Arise podcast, we talk about how to get the breakthrough you need to live your best life and soar in next level success. It's a battle, but victory and prosperity are our inheritance. Let's take this promised land together. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Warrior Arise podcast. I'm your host, Connie Jones, and I have a frog in my throat (laughs) today. um, I am excited, as always, to be here, and that's why I'm doing this horse and everything. I um, actually am just getting over bronchitis, um, a pretty bad case of it. I was kind of out all last week, and that was not fun, but... um, I just told our guests today that like I thought about canceling this or rescheduling and I just thought, no, you know what? My heart for this podcast is so um, passionate and it's, we, we, the thing, the very thing that we talk about in this podcast is all about living and leading bravely, freely and authentically. Right. So (laughs) I'm just showing up (laughs) authentically today. Um, I might not have a voice, but my heart is here and, um, or my regular voice, but my, my heart is here on fire for what we're doing here and what we're all about. So I hope it blesses you today and just pardon the, um, the harshness, the hoarseness of my voice, but you'll love our guest. I'm excited for you to meet her as always. I love all of our guests. And I just, I get the most incredible feedback from you guys about how they impact your lives and, um, and the things that they say and how it just hits those places that are so, um, special, just right in the center of where you needed to hear it. So I hope this also does. And, um, today we have as our guest, Naila Wilcox, she, um, Naila is a financial coach and her company is Penny Perspective. Naila has a background in bookkeeping, and she's always enjoyed keeping track of and reconciling the flow of money. Um, Naila has had her own financial struggles, though, um, and in the past, she's tried hard to figure out how to substantially grow in that area of her finances, even on a moderate income. She figured out that it starts with intentionally making the most of what you have right now. And after two years and nine months, get this, you guys, she paid off 101 thousand dollars and or hundred and one thousand five hundred dollars of debt together her natural bookkeeping abilities and her experience in getting her own financial life in order has led her to help others manage their money in a way that leads to financial growth and prosperity um welcome Nyla to the warrior rise podcast we can't wait to hear your story and your wisdom Thank you so much, Connie, for having me and that wonderful introduction. Um, And I'm glad to hear that you're doing better. And I mean, what a just it's just a wonderful image of bravery, you know, what this this podcast is Um, just pushing through no matter what. There's all type of things that we go through in life. Life has a tendency of throwing things our way that can kind of, you know, push us off track. But the fact that you're still showing up (laughs) and showing out, I I love it. I love it. Absolutely. You know, and there are times when, and if I felt horrible, I mean, I, you know, there are times when it absolutely is, you got to take care of yourself, you know, and I do that very well. And I, like I said, I took the whole week off and, you know, and so I, um, I, I, I've, I just feel like I'm ready to go today, even though my voice isn't completely back. That doesn't mean we can't move on for it. <laughs> so anyway, but I'll protect it the rest of the day. So this is good. the only time I have to talk today. Um, so it'll be good. We'll make it. We'll make it really inspiring and empowering. I hope for our listeners. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate that and that um, encouragement. Uh, well, let's dive in. So we want to. Uh, we always start with a big open-ended question that everybody's like, Connie, that is such a big question. Like, oh my gosh, what do you want me to even say to that? But I I, I like to keep it open because I want you to start where you feel led. Um, But what are some of those life experiences? What are some of the struggles that you've had that have shaped not only struggles, but other life experiences that have shaped who you have become and who you are today? What do you want to share with us? Uh, that is a big open-ended question. Um, I'll have to start with who I was before I really started to be authentically me. Uh, very 
I already have a very reserved personality. You know, we all, God has shaped us all in different ways, right? Um, But some of those very things that are blessings and gifts um, can be used for the opposite. Or, you know, there may be a life experience that kind of thwarts that. Um, So growing up, um, my, my early childhood home life, you know, there was some some things there with uh, my stepfather and and it, it just wasn't a really good environment for bringing up a child. Right. Um, and that made me even more closed off. <laughs> I remember in the seventh grade, I we had we had an assignment to write a, a poem and draw a picture um, with it. And um, I rarely shared this 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 story until after, like I, I wouldn't call it my transformation um, because it it helps me to realize where some of the things, um, some of those negative kind of things came from. So I, I wrote this poem about. Um, so yeah, we had an assignment to write a poem and draw a picture, and the poem was titled uh, "A Child A Child in Darkness." And the picture was just this image of like a child balled up and like a ball and just kind of very little bit of outline of light just so that you can see the figure, but everything else was black. And I actually won, which was the interesting thing. But as I reflected, as I got older and looked back, no adults, and and I was in the seventh grade, so I was like 12, 13, yeah, like 12. Not not one adult asked me, um, okay, this is great, but what is this? What's really going on here? <laughs> so it made wow, me wow, that's just, amazing though. I mean, because how that's that is really powerful, the image that you drew. And then for no one to ask. Gracious. Okay, so I'm dying to know. <laughs> what was it about? Uh, it was basically about a child feeling like, like it was about me just feeling like nobody really cared. Everything was, but I didn't put those specific words. It was just, all I see around me is darkness and aloneness. It was really me saying, hey, I feel alone. I feel unheard. Um, I feel neglected, <laughs> you know? And and this is me as an adult reflecting back on that because of course, in my own child voice, I didn't say those things because of the perception that it would bring, you know? I mean, it was like, oh, this is just an assignment. That's the only thing that could come to my mind. So here it is. But that was me crying out. You know, I didn't even recognize it. And um, the fact that it wasn't really addressed, again, looking back on that, that I believe that made me even more secluded and reclusive and, you know what I mean, reserved and closed off. I was very closed off for, for years. It reiterated, um, it, re, it, it confirmed even, you know, um, quietly, uh, nobody had to say anything. It confirmed, yep, that's exactly, even if you didn't process that consciously, subconsciously process that and that it programmed you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and you know, there's just, growing up and and not really having anybody to talk to about thoughts and feelings and trying to figure out who you are and in society. And we all know how school can be. (laughs) And so when I, about my mid twenties, I started to feel like, okay, I, I don't like living with a mask on, you know? And I just felt like, so many of us live with these masks on. And so like mid-20s, I came to that like time frame where I was like, I'm ready to just be me, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means yet, but I'm ready to stop walking around, putting on a show in a sense. <laughs> I just, I felt like I wasn't freely being me. So I just started to do things that was leaving because I know that I wanted to do that. I just didn't know how. And I didn't have anybody to talk to about that. And I tried with, you know, certain people, but I think because they were dealing with their own stuff and their own mass, they didn't even really know how to first interpret what I was really saying, you know, what I was really communicating. 
Yeah, we yeah. can't see outside of our what we're not willing to take a look at ourselves, you know. And so we can't we can't look introspectively or understand what anyone else is going through until we're willing to look at that level at ourselves. So what was your, just let me ask real quick, what was the mask that you, you know, for me, and I talk about this in my book very openly and and all my teachings and, you know, um, and all the work that I do, you know, my mask was the high achiever, the performer, you know, I was the people pleaser. I was going to get it all right. I was going to figure it out. I was going to achieve, achieve, achieve. And, you know, there was never enough success. I could never do enough or have enough to be enough. What was your mask? What was, what did you learn intuitively or, or indirectly that you had to be that was going to give you value or make you significant or make you um, accepted before you realize the mask in your, in your terms? Yeah. So my mask was definitely um, achieving. Like you, you have to be, you have to be smart. You have to um, be successful, you know, Um, that was part of my mask. And then the other part was, you're a young lady. You should operate like this. You should aspire to, you know, want to be married and have kids. Um, it, it, it was even, even like in the field of work, you know, it was, why do you like computers? Why do you like math? You know, it was the, you're not supposed to be a nerd type of thing. And then the nerd, you know, type of thing, like, oh my, to peers, it was the, oh my gosh, you're weird you know, because of the, you're different than others. You know, I, I was left-handed. I'm, I am left-handed. So that was another complex, you know, it was, why am I not like everybody else? It was the, because I was already was reserved, I don't like the attention of uniqueness, but that is the very thing that helps me to be me. Wow. Yeah. You know, the enemy just knows exactly what to go at with us, doesn't he? Like he knows exactly what well, he goes at the thing in us that God really want, that God really made special, you know, that God made so special. He knew God made you. Cause I know, I know you now and we've spent some time together talking. I mean, I don't know you great, but I know you, I mean, we, we've had deep conversations and so I know your heart and, uh, and I know people. And so I know you. And, um, and so like the fact that you are a light in the world and the fact that you are a world, you're a changer, you're a change maker, you're a world changer and you're changing people's lives. And you, you, um, have that uniqueness about you that God created to be there to do that in the special way that you are going to impact people, which required you to bring all of you authentically. And the enemy knew exactly how that, that very thing was what he needed to go at to not to shut that down so that he could um, keep you neutralized for so many years so that you couldn't step into your purpose. Oh, that makes me so mad, but you didn't let him win. So absolutely not. You. So tell me what happened from there. I didn't mean to interject, but that's I'm okay. excited about this. Yeah. So that's okay. How did you know what happened? Um, the main thing that ha- happened for me, I would say that that just kind of started the process was I remember picking up a Bible and saying, okay, I feel like some of the answers are in here because I've been asking elders and you know whatnot and and I remember going to church and I remember some of the things that kind of um turned me off against church and most of it was the not being authentic right the the putting on a show (laughs) but I remember listening to certain stories and that speaking to me so I said okay I, I mean I have to I know it's not if I could do it on my own, I would have done it by now. <laughs> so just, just searching out answers. And so I just started, I picked up a Bible that was, I remember it was in my mother's house and um, because I didn't have one at the time and it was a, a King's James version. And oh my goodness, <laughs> 
I read some of the pages and I said, I'm just going to start from the beginning. I don't, I'm just going to start from the beginning. And then if there's anything that I'm flipping through and the Lord leads me to, I just start from there. Right. So I had this idea of starting from the beginning and trying to, and going from beginning to end. Um, and it was rough <laughs> reading that with all the these and the thousand, like, what did I just read? I don't even know how to translate that into English language. <laughs> For the eighth time, I just read that and I still don't have any idea what I read. Wow. Yes, exactly. I get it. And I, I read it I over and over again. <laughs> and even now. What would we, have, like, what did we do without, like, I mean, one of my favorites now is like the Passion Translation and, you know, the Amplified Bible and the Message, all that plain spoken stuff. And I'm like, I can't even, somebody starts reading King James and I just, my whole spirit just shuts <laughs> off. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not listening to that stuff. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what we did before this, but anyway. That, right. it, that was like a Shakespeare play or something. Totally, yes. Gosh. Um, but anyway. But yeah, and then I, I started going to different churches. And then I finally, and, and a church that I went to on accident, uh, a friend of mine had to do like anger management courses at this church, part going to service. And he asked me to go and I was like, no. And then I said, okay, fine. You know, I'll go and, and support, right? So I went and the first time I went, I was just like, I was amazed. I was amazed at, when they say come as you are, they really meant it at this church. I mean, you had people there who were in flip-flops and t-shirts, and then you had people in there who were dressed all with the hats and, you know, and and everybody was respectfully dressed. You know, it was, it was not like we just, you know, come inappropriately. Everybody was appropriately dressed. I mean, I saw people in the parking lot like yelling at their kids, like regular life stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just bring the real. Yes. yes. And I thought, this is my kind of church. And I actually started going to that church and I got baptized from the pastor. The pastor at that church, he was an atheist all the time before. The first time he was actually, no, the second time he actually attended service was him being a pastor, him actually, you know, giving a sermon. And, and I found out that story later on after going to the church. And I was just amazed by that. And so that was really part of that beginning transformation. The fact that I wanted to transform. It wasn't even because it was still a struggle and I was still trying to figure out things. And it was not by any means, you know, I had a lot of work to do <laughs> from there, but it was being guided on what that means, the work that I needed to do on, on myself and, and the work that I, I needed to let God, you know, allow him to do and show me what I needed to do to, to, to really, you know, move in, in the path that he has created for me and walk and, and like even understanding what it means to walk in the spirit and not by flesh, you know, um, a lot of things that I read, once I read them again, like maybe two years later, just more expounding, you know, and, and more understanding um, the true meaning of wisdom, just all of all of the, the things that kind of taken for granted or, um, you know, early on, just from what I had experienced, looking at God kind of like a genie in a box type of thing, but knowing that that doesn't seem right. It's not, you know, it's not this genie that we magically go to when we want something to go right in our life. <laughs> right. Well, and did you also um, think of God, at, you know, we, we always, or most of the time see God, see the image of God as the image of the protector, the, the, usually our father, but um, our father figure, our earthly father figure. And so, you know, I mean, my, my dad was emotionally absent. Um, I mean, he was there, but he was gone. And so, you know, and like, so it was like, I was, my perception of God was the same, was what my dad showed me as a earthly father. And so did you have some of that same with God? Like, does he really care? Or, I mean, you knew at some level in your spirit and your heart that he was the answer because you kept pursuing him no matter how frustrating it was, but did you kind of, did you have to overcome some of that, um, that feeling of, wow, does, 
am I just kind of alone? And does God really like, do I, can I, do I have access to the genie? If he is a genie, I have some of that too. Like, you know, is he everybody else's genie, but like, I have to work extra hard to get to the genie. I mean, was that part of it or no? It, it was. And a lot of that, I had, it, it was, it was this disconnect. It was, you know, this distant being that I really didn't know anything about um, or didn't understand and looked at it like, I have to do all these things in order to please this being. And then this being will pay attention to me. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Same performance for God too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So how did that transition for you? How did you, um, like, as you began to transform, what began to change and how did that shape you being able to show up, not only living, but begin to even maybe lead at some point bravely, freely, authentically? What was, what was the breakthrough for you? The breakthrough was, I'll say a combination of a few things. One was seeing leaders in this in, in this new setting of a different type of church that I had never experienced. Seeing leaders actually serve and understanding what that means. You know, that that helps with the leadership aspect. And then the transformation aspect is seeing also people in the congregation being themselves, not judging people, you know, other people, because that was a huge thing that I had experienced in other, in other churches was like that judging, but then also hypocritical judging. But on this flip side, seeing that stark difference, that was something that sparked in me that well, if they can be themselves and still be imperfect and still love each other and still be loved by God, then that means I can too. Um, and so, so that was something that was really huge. And then the second thing was really just the desire, the strong desire to authentically be me is what kept me you know, searching because what what we truly search for, good and bad, we will find it. Oh, that's you so know? true. Gosh, that's so true. Yes, yes. And it's just that, like I said, that strong desire. To, I do not want to live like this anymore. This is not living. There's no way that anybody can tell me that this was meant to be living. <laughs> you know? um, and yeah, we'd just survive and struggle until then. Yes. Yes. And and one thing that really helped as well was um well it was it kind of started off as a detriment, but reflecting back on it, when I was able to pinpoint and recognize that, seeing that that was really just a hurdle. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, um the enemy we use things that are meant to be a blessing, you know, as a, a stumbling block, even if he doesn't stop us and he's okay with just slowing us down. So one of the, <laughs> one of the main things of that, you know, wanting to feeling like I had to succeed, but I also, I realized that I, because of how I saw people treat differently based on success level, status level, um, income level, you know, all of those, all of those different things that society will kind of place on us, um, as weights, because I saw people treat people differently based on those, those things. It made me feel like I didn't want any of that because I didn't want to be looked at as a certain way because of the things that I have, because of the success that I've, I've achieved, um, because of the status that I have. And so I unknowingly rejected all of that. You know, I was just okay with, like, even though really I wasn't, but subconsciously I was okay with just kind of coasting because that's a neutral playing field. 
you know, I'm not rich, but I'm not poor, I'm, you know, and so nobody's really going to treat me differently based on that. Um, oh, that's wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I rejected success, like true success, walking into who God has created me to be, not realizing that that is real success because I rejected success as the world sees success, but didn't in that same, you know, with that on, on the same flip of that coin, I didn't accept God's view of success in my life. And so when I was able to do that, then I realized it wasn't success that I was rejecting. It was the view, the perception, and the behavior towards others based on that. That's it. Yeah. Which wasn't God. That He didn't create that anyway. That was, that's humanness. And it is our, um, and then when we talk about the energetics of success, our, our energy, the way that we come across, the way that we, what we put out into the world and what we get back um, is based upon the, the unconscious, subconscious beliefs that we have. And it's our programming. And so those experiences very much programmed you to believe that success is bad overall. Yes. I don't want that. <laughs> But it wasn't what it wasn't that you didn't want the success God intended for you to have. It was that you didn't want to act like that or have that or become that with your success. But we didn't know, we don't know how to separate the baby with report. You know, we we um, put out the baby with the bathwater before we understand that, and then that keeps us stuck. And that is a huge realization. Wow! And so now, what I'm hearing you say is that you can you realized. The, the, the light bulb went off for you that, oh my gosh, like I'm limiting my own success because I have resisted it, but it's not resent. It's not success that I want to continue resisting. It's that I want the success that God has for me. And I don't want to act like that when I get it. And I want to be me authentically me as I have it. And that's so, oh my gosh, that's life-changing. So what, what, what happened then? So, um, then let's see, by, by then I probably was in early thirties again, still, you know, muddling through trying to figure out, (laughs) um, then I came to a point where career wise, I felt God leading me. Like he had done some work on me, you know, I'd done some work and took off the mask and, you know, even reintroducing myself to people who I had known for years, um, who, who knew me, but knew me as the old person and accepting the natural spiritual filter, because I'm not always great at who shouldn't be in my life. You know? <laughs> and so I realized like when my filter was shifted properly, it just allows those people to kind of move on past. You know, even if it's people that I care about and I love and, and and properly be able to manage those relationships, it helped me to put up healthy boundaries. And yes, and so I, I got to that point in my um, career and financial life where I said, okay, this, you know, this, like being in debt and the typical way that we operate financially or from what I experienced it just didn't seem like, like, again, this is not living. You know, I, I know that I, I naturally have a free spirit, even though I'm left-handed. So I think, you know, I, I think more logically, like I love puzzles. I love math, you know, <laughs> but I've always had like a free spirit. Um, and part of the, <laughs> the, 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 the flip side of that is like, oh, that's shiny. Oh, that, you know, just going, oh, that looks good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> oh, it's just the passion in you. Yeah. I have yes. that same thing. It's not a hand a lot of times, but <laughs> I really did. Wait a minute. <laughs> but I got to a point to where I said, okay, you know, again, with the background of bookkeeping, <clears throat> I know how to keep track of books. Like I started, um, I started to reconcile my own checkbook when I was like 18 and I love it. I still do it to this day. It's actually fun for me. I I don't know why, but it just is like, I would look forward to doing that. Um, (laughs) It's just a gift. Yes. 
Yes. And I worked with a property management company. I initially came in as just someone to process their their monthly statements for their clients. But I got to dig in and ask some questions like, okay, well, how do I know that this information that you're giving me is correct? You know, where's the balance checkbook so that we make sure that that is the actual amount of rent that came in so that you're not over, you know, all these different things. And they were like, um, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. So I just started doing a little bit more, a little bit more, and then really just became their bookkeeper. They went from having a net loss for like three years in a row um, to starting to break even to actually starting to have a net profit. And within a span of uh, four years with me working with them, they end up selling their company. Wow. (laughs) That is amazing. So yes. And that was affirmation to me that I am serving in the capacity that God has me to serve because it it was able, you know, I was, I was truly able to see that my life is not about me, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's so much bigger than me. Yeah. It's so much bigger. And really understanding what that means, you know, and how to truly accept that and operate in that. And I, I, so I knew that God was leading me to do something and I tried different things. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Um, then at that same time, I was like, okay, if I was able to help this company do that, how can I apply that to my own life? You know, <laughs> I, you know, like retirement was just kind of happening in the background. It's like, well, who cares about retirement? I'm trying to figure out how am I going to pay off these student loans and it not take 30 years? You know, how am I going to get a house? Yeah, I really, I, I had a feeling that maybe I'm just not going to have a house because I refuse to take 30 years to pay like that. Why is that normal? (laughs) That does not seem normal, you know, (laughs) because I just felt like the anchoring and that's probably part of the free spirit. I felt like debt as an anchor, Um, but, but even learning later the proper way to collateralize assets versus being in debt, you know, there's a complete difference, Uh, but I had to get there. So, and and right before I even like in that process of all of that, like I need to figure this out, you know, and not having anybody to go to because they're in the same, you know, elders and are in the same boat. Um, And then, so I just kind of got apathetic toward money. I did. I just said, I'm going to save up a bunch of money and I'm going to move to an island and live off the land. And that'll be that. And I will be free and happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, run away from it and get away from this. Run away. of all evil. (laughs) I will be good to go. And I'm I'm glad that you said the roots um, that, that, you know, because a lot of people will say that money is the root of all evil. But it's like the the love of money. Uh, Yeah, it's not. Money in itself. Yeah, it's our our beliefs about money. Yes, that (laughs) cause us to believe it's the root of all evil, not money itself, because money is just energy. Money is just a tool, and uh, money actually is a beautiful thing that allows us to serve our purpose and live in freedom if we know how to steward it well. Exactly. And that's the thing. I had to become a a good steward of my own finances before I could help others. Because when I, you know, when I got to that point, when I got apathetic, I came across Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Um, And that was the catalyst uh, because then I got excited about money again because I really was able to see it as a tool to just fund and enjoy life, provide opportunities, you know, those being able to invest in others and not just monetarily. That's again, that's just that tool, but being able to, you know, provide a tool for someone so that they can go out and flourish and be themselves and, and, and walk in the path that God has laid for them and walk in their passion. Um, so, you know, I did that. The, and and because of my background in bookkeeping, it just made so much sense. I grabbed onto it like for dear life. <laughs> um, and once I finished, it was like, okay, what now? You know. And so I started. People in my family, like you know, friends and and and, and close friends and family members. 
they saw what I was doing and they saw change start to happen, not just monetarily, just, you know, even aura and all of that behavior. And And they're like, yes. I mean, I remember my sister just saying one time I walked around, she said, you just seem so much at peace. What is going on? What are you doing? (laughs) And so I started sharing, you know, what I was doing and how I was doing it. And that translated into me sharing and helping others in their and, and with their experience and doing little things that like, okay, you, you know, you could do this this way. And um, and then it it came to me that this is what this is the path. This is where God is leading me. And I'll tell you that that um the when I decided I will have peace and joy in my life no matter what. Um, and be content, whether there's turmoil going all around me or it's oh happy days. <laughs> I want peace and joy. And not like the world's peace, but like the scripture says, the you know, the peace of Jesus is a different type of peace. And yes, yes, because that's really the only thing that allows me to keep going because there's there's always something to do there's these multitude of tasks and uh and then even having to take a break realizing okay maybe i have been doing too much because i'm starting to feel overwhelmed and and i'm not enjoying what i do and and then it's like okay i need to kind of reassess and look at what i'm doing um and realize again make sure i'm you know um having those healthy boundaries and operating within those, um, but also not restricting myself, you know, that fine balance. Um, and I have learned that people will push their agenda on you and, 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 and they could have well intentions, you know, when they're doing that, but they might not even recognize that that's what they're doing. So that's part of that, that healthy boundaries. And there were some times where it's a good cause or a good situation or, you know, a good event to do, but I had to say, but that's going to steer me away from what I do, or that's going to take too much energy. And then I'm not able to show up and serve this person who's an actual client, you know? So all of that balance, it's, it's, um, it's a work, it's a work in progress. And and I truly believe it is going to be a continual work in progress, which is why I need to stay in that peace and, and, and just stay, you know, and, you know, I kind of picture it like, you know, sometimes when I'm over my mind, I'm like, God, I just want to crawl into your hand and just lay there. Could I just stay? I just need to be there for a minute, you know? So, I teach all this in the, in my business coaching um, program. And, you know, it, what, exactly what you're talking about is so important that we get out of that mentality of, striving and struggling and meeting demand and getting the getting in that energy and that mindset of I have to do this and I should do this and you know and reacting to what everybody else needs from us or wants from us and stay centered in our big why and stay centered in his in our power source and understanding what is going to what what's what's going to allow us to feel aligned with our purpose and our passion what's going to be passion fueled and purpose centered in the things that we're doing every day rather than or in our being and coming from that place rather than trying to do all of these things that are going to wear us out that actually don't produce fruit in our business they just they just cause burnout and breakdown and they actually are producing a different result than the one that we want because we're putting off a completely different energy, uh, that desperate kind of um, fear energy rather than the energy that we um, that the Lord wants us to have, which is his peace and his joy. We are created to do this out of joy, you know, not out of have to and, and obligation and duty and burden. I always say we're, we're servants, we're not slaves. But we feel like slaves because we don't understand that we can really follow our peace and our joy and live in our purpose that way and be instead of success driven, we can be passion fueled 
and purpose-centered. And there's nothing better than that. And that's exactly what you're talking about. I love that. Absolutely. And I love how you said servants, not slaves, because there is truly a difference. And one can even seem like it's the same as the other, but it's not. It's so, it, it's such a difference. Yes. Um, and I remember this, this song by Lauren Hill. I, I really like her, Lauren Hill. Um, and when the first time I heard that song, it just spoke so much volume, so profound. It was it's so simple, but it's just so profound. Um, she says, um, you know, she was talking about struggles, her, her struggles and things like that. And she was saying, what we want might make us cry and what we need might pass us by. If we don't, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, what, what we want might make us cry and what we need might pass us by if we don't catch it. And what we need, ironically, will turn out what we want to be if we just let it. Oh, and, wow. Yes. yes. Totally. Just releasing, living open-handed and letting it happen. Oh, oh. Yes. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah, I, need to, I need to go look that up and write that down. That's, that's really cool. So, uh, well, so talk about how I love this. Your story is so beautiful and the work that you've done is just amazing and the courage that you've had to do it, you know, and the thing is, is that all of us can discover our purpose and all of us have a unique purpose and all of us can live out our joy and our purpose. And we don't have to continue living in the struggle, striving and surviving. Um, but we have to be willing to do some of the work and, of course, we can't do it. We don't, we don't have to do it alone. That's for sure. Um, and, and, but what are some of the, um, the, um, the wisdom that what's some of the wisdom that you have for others who are listening and maybe they're thinking, well, yeah, you, you know, it worked out for you, but like, this is really all I have. And I don't really have, like, I don't really have something that I, um, you know, I have found my purpose and I don't really know, you know, this, I'm in this job and, this is what I have to keep doing. And, you know, I, I have to pay my bills and I'm not in that situation where I can, you know, I have financial freedom. And I, so I just have to, have to keep doing this. What do you, what do you want them to know about, about that and what's available to them? Well, first of all, that that is a lie. <laughs> From the depths of hell. Okay. Yes. yes. And whenever I started to think about like struggles and hardship and heart heartache and all of that, it usually centers around fear, doubt, and worry. Those three things, it really can just some fear, doubt, and worry. I struggled with fear of not being able to have enough money to eat, to whatever, to pay my bills, all of that. Um, and what helped me to get past that is to realize that some of the things that I think are need are really luxuries. Right? <laughs> um, so it started with me, one, focusing on not the what I can't do, right? Well, I can't do this because of this or I don't feel because then we're just giving more energy to that. The focus is on, OK, this is my situation. What do I want my situation to look like? And focusing on that and not just a hocus pocus. Okay. I'm just going to think it through, you know, no, but more of, okay, how do I go from here to here and focusing on that? And, and the diff to me, the difference between someone who succeeds in something that they want to do and someone who doesn't is just the person who did, they just kept going. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It's just that continual persistence. Keep going. Even if you have to stop and take a break, because, oh my gosh, I'm just so tired. I just need to lay here. That's right. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, you have to kill yourself doing it. It just means you have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Keep it just means you draw a line in the sand. And that's what I heard from you a little while ago. You draw a line in the sand and you decide that you're going to get answers and that you're going to do something different. You're going to figure it out or you're going to get help figuring it out. Yes. That right there. When I was going through that two years and nine months of like being in my own little underground bunker, <laughs> That's a great I, it, it really was. 
And it forced me to get back to the basics. I mean, I literally, I didn't go out to eat for about two months, right? And so I told my kids, like, this is our own little, you know, third world country, right? Um, and so even trying to, like, make light of it and, and helping them to understand. Um, because that's that's part of that passing down, you know, the knowledge. Because it doesn't matter if I get my financial life in order and then I don't really teach that to my kids. Because then they're going to go right back to repeating that cycle. So bringing them into the fold. And so after about two months of just not eating out at all, um, I said, okay, you know, we're going to go to, I think we're going to Panda Express. And <laughs> my son said, they have Panda Express in third row countries? <laughs> <laughs> So I told him, get your passport. We're, we're leaving the country and coming back. <laughs> we're going to the States. So, you know, just, again, finding that joy, even in um, difficult situations, because there was a moment in that time where I literally broke down. It was time for me to sit down and do my weekly budget and, you know, figure out all where I was and all of that. And I just couldn't. And I just couldn't. And I got up from, I just remember getting up from the kitchen table and I sat on the couch and I ate chips and donuts for dinner that day. <laughs> and then I went and got into bed. I went to bed early and I just cried. And I, I just, I was like, this is hard. Um, and especially being a single parent, a one income household. Um, and, you know, that, when I first started that, I was making like 50,000 a year. That's not a whole lot, especially when you're facing two kids. And I got extra jobs and things like that to where the most that my salary got within that span um, was up to 70,000. But that was with me working like a crazy person, like my hair was on fire. <laughs> but um, I was on fire, you know, because I had. And so that night it, it was Thought, thoughts come to me like, oh, you can just give up. Will you? But it was that strong, that just strong push. No, there is no other way. There is no going back. I will never, I am going to push through this or die trying. Literally. Right. <laughs> I am going to break free. Yes, I am going yeah. to break free. It's just, I know it's just right over right now. I just need a break and 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 it's okay. And, and it's okay. And, you know, I just felt like my spirit being stroked in a sense is the best way I can say it. Like, it's okay. This is, you know, this is that point where that make it or break it type point, you know? So, and, and I had to make it, I, I had to, I mean, I've been known for being stubborn as well. So that probably kicked in. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that stubborn is that. Yes, but see, that's that blessing from God of being able to stand firm in what I in what I do and and in who I am. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I, I just love that you shared all that because it's not you know it, it we miss the messy middle. It's that messy middle that is so hard, and it feels like when we're in that time of preparation, it feels like punishment. It feels like yeah, and we punish ourselves there and we do all kinds of things, but really it's preparation. It's preparation for purpose and, and for prosperity for, you know, and so, and I know we, we've got to close in just a second, but I just want to hear like, how then now do you help others do the same thing for themselves? And how has, well, first of all, I guess the first question is how has your life changed in terms of how you feel about money and about success and about prosperity, you know, not, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about, you know, just from the, the standpoint of God wants us to have a, an abundant overflow. Um, and he doesn't want us to suffer from lack and, and struggle. And how do you feel that in your own life now? And then how do you help others um, get that for themselves and get freedom for themselves at this point with your company? It's Penny Perspect Penny Perspectives is your company. I'll um, re repeat that for people, uh, and we'll have in the show notes how they can can uh, find out more about you. Yes, thank you. So, in in my own life and how I look at money, um, I truly look at it like I mentioned earlier as a tool, and the way uh, and, and and the way I look at it as uh, for abundance and prosperity, I look at it as something that happens 
from us sowing seeds, from us sowing into others, um, from and really, you know, using our gifts and talents to provide some type of product or service, whatever that looks like, to share with others. You know, I have literally my motto is um, learn, grow from what I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. Learn, practice what I'm learning, grow from that, share it repeat the process all over again. It's literally like that. That's it, you know, and encourage others to do the same. And so how I help others in that is I know that when it comes to finances, it can be very vulnerable. Um, It's something that requires people to look within and it's not always easy to look in the mirror and deal with the person in the mirror mirror. A lot of it is behavioral. The numbers are going to be the numbers no matter what. But the fact that you can have someone who has, who makes $50,000 a year um, actually um, do something different as far as stewardship versus $300,000 a year, that shows that, you know, you can have somebody making $300,000 a year can be living like they make $50,000 a year because of the stretching, it's all about scale. That means it's about behavior. It's not about the numbers, you know. The numbers help once you can actually change the behavior. And so with when knowing those things, those barriers are already going to be there, I start with, let, let me just listen about you. What, what are you doing? What do you have going on in your life? What is blocking you? How do you feel about money? What is your relationship with money? (laughs) What have you learned about money Mm -hmm. and about maintaining it? What does money mean to you? So we start with all of those aspects. Then we say, okay, now let's look at the numbers as like the numbers as far as like, where are you? Where's your starting point? You know, are you... Are you upside down? Are you right at zero? Are you, you know, where are you in terms of that? Because that's the starting point to say, okay, we're putting it all out on the table. This is everything that I owe. This is everything that I own, you know, and this is what I'm pretty much doing with it. This is how much I make. How much opportunity income do you have versus disposable? I don't, I don't really like using that word because if we label something as disposable, it's likely to get disposed of. That's exactly right. Yes. So so changing, helping to change the viewpoint based on that person's uh, individual view of success. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And so at this point, do you work one-on-one with people? Do you have um, groups, courses? What? How, how does that look? Or is it different for every situation? I work one-on-one with people. Um, and I do, uh, webinars and seminars, uh, different times. I don't have like a set schedule yet, but, um, that usually will just kind of happen with, um, people that I've met, um, you know, and, oh, I, you know, I want you to do a webinar. Can you do it? And, and things like that, or myself seeing an opportunity to do that. Um, and I do want to do classes. Um, I've started to formulate that, um, I just, you know, it, it's still in the makings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But so, and we, like I said, we'll include that on, on the show notes for everybody to be able to find you if they're interested in talking more about this with you and if anybody's interested in working with you. Um, is it, what's the bigger vision for the future that you want to, what's that, what's that impact that you just like, that you dream of making in the world? What do you, what do you want to be the result of, you know, you're, you living out your purpose in the world. Seeing a different culture around money. Um, just, you know, and, and of course it not ending with me because anything that shifts a whole cultural takes time. You know, it took a lot of time to get to where we are here in this, in this, in this moment in society, but being able to see that culture shift around money and, and getting back to, money being used and viewed um, as a tool, just like gas is, just like a hammer is, and not something to just collect and aspire to do, um, and really helping people to 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 be able to use it to walk in their purpose. Um, I feel like there's so many, so many of us who are in jobs because of a need 
to provide. That's so true. And, and, and if we had financial freedom or if we had a different mindset about money, we could step into our purpose and be free in that. I know that was part of my story, you know, not that I was stuck in a job, but like I was not able to step into my purpose and do what I really felt called to do because of money or my perception of money. And um, I had that scarcity mindset. And uh, and now I teach that to other entrepreneurs who are, you know, who are like um, wanting to just unleash themselves in their purpose because there are no limitations, but we think there are. And yeah. so we stay stuck and we never really discover and really are honest with ourselves about how we really are being called to do what we're doing because we limit ourselves with money, with our thoughts about money. And or with our situations with money. So I love that you're that you're you're changing it. You're you're changing the culture of, of money because we are created to be wealth circulators. We are created to be purpose-centered, circulating wealth from what we derive from using from stepping into our purpose and blessing others with that. And using that for our own joy too. Uh, that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's not at all. <laughs> it's those oh, I love it. Being able to fund those experiences that help shape who we are. That's it. You know? Oh my gosh. Yes. Because we, we're always growing and why not grow and why not have all the experiences and be able to invest in ourselves so that we can grow so that we can create more change and more impact and more influence. It's just, it just, it cycles in the most beautiful way. So I love that. And that, and that vision really, you know, I, I I don't know how it's going to, what it's going to look like, but I know the vision is helping people get free from the burden of finances. finances. Yeah. Wow. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, I wish we didn't have to go, but we do, but um, thanks so much for sharing your heart, your story, um, your, the, the, the wisdom that you've learned um, and for sharing your gifts with the world and change and being the change in the world that you were created to be. That takes a lot of courage and um, it's not easy, but there's nothing more beautiful and more rewarding on the other side. Um, when we step into our purpose. And so thanks so much for that. Absolutely. And again, thank you for for having me um, and for this platform, you know, just allowing people to share who they are and and hopefully that has encouraged or motivated, you know, someone out there. Yeah, I hope so. And and to you guys, to the listeners, I hope that it that this again today has spoken right to the heart of who you are and spoken to some of the lies that you've been believing that have been keeping you stuck and that it has freed, it has freed up something in you that maybe, maybe it's just the decision of, maybe it's an awareness that you've had today that you hadn't had before about something that's keeping you limited. Maybe it's a, um, something that you, a place where, you know, you need to draw a line and do something different and you need to make up your mind and choose. Um, even if you don't know the how yet, the how presents itself when the why is big enough. So, um, and when you, when you make that decision, so, so if this has inspired you, um, I hope that you'll act on that, um, in the way that you feel led. Um, I'm always here to help, um, with and help you find the, um, the help that you need, the, um, the wisdom that you need for the next phase in your growth and as are the guests that come on the podcast and um and if this has inspired and empowered you in some way i hope that you'll share this with somebody who you know that it will also um that it will also help and speak to so and then i hope that wherever you are in this day that you just take this to heart and that you um let it grow you let it inspire you let it um Let it develop you into who more of who God created you to be so that you can show up and live and lead as the warrior that you were made for and and step into your purpose so that you can live bravely, freely, and authentically in the life that you were created for. Hope y'all have a great rest of the day and we will see you right back on the next episode of the Warrior Rise podcast. 
Thanks, guys. I'm so glad you tuned into this episode of the Warrior Arise podcast. I look forward to continuing our journey together as we live in freedom and fullness as the powerful warriors we are. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And if you glean wisdom and inspiration today, share it with a friend or a loved one. Also, write a review on iTunes. I'll see you on the next episode.